small disclaimer I want to put up front. I'm a little starstruck right now. <laughs> I love your show. Actually, you guys have been educating me. I've been going to school with you, but you don't know it. So I'm so glad like, to hear that. It's so amazing how you have so many different guests. I remember every single one of them, how they come on and talk about their experiences, their true experiences. Actually, a lot of things that you guys have talked about, I implemented in my process, I opened up my event center. It can go for other businesses. It, it don't have to go for a venue. If you start up a restaurant business and I mean just different things like that because you still go to those business procedures from zoning and building. I mean it's it's amazing. I, I love it. So I want to thank you for that. You're listening to the Venue Rx podcast. What's going on, everyone? Jonathan here with The Venue RX. And on this channel, we are passionate about documenting and sharing best practices around owning, operating, and managing world-class wedding venues. And we do a number of different types of shows on this channel. Uh, sometimes we talk to industry pros about a variety of topics like marketing, sales, operations. And sometimes we talk to venue owners who share their experiences uh, about what it's like building and operating their venues and kind of some of the day-to-day -day struggles as well as the wins uh, that they're currently having. And today, we have one of those venue owner shows for you today. I'm really, really excited to welcome Inga Anderson from uh, Epic Event Gallery out in Ohio. Inga, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm really excited to chat with you about, about your venue. I had a chance to check it out online and the website is uh, is gorgeous. And um, the the gallery... So we're going to put links to all this, you know, so, so folks can check it out. But if someone's just listening to this right now, uh, can you describe the space for us and a little bit of what it's like? Oh yeah. So, um, we're in the heart of Cincinnati, right downtown on Ray street. Um, the venue itself used to be the Herzog recording studio. Um, and King's record uh, artists used to come through the area and record their music. So it has a lot of history on that whole entire street, but the building itself has a lot of history. From 1948 until now, of course, been reno renovated a couple of different times, and I'm probably about the third renovation. But um, that's exciting to have that uh, venue turned into from a uh, recording studio into a wedding gallery now. Wow. Is it, um, is it something where it's kind of like a historic building where you had to do a lot of renovations? Cause you said you're the third person that's been in, in that building yeah. and renovated it. Yeah. So it is. Okay. So before me, I mean, 1979, they did renovate then. So I do have to do some up the cold renovations with the city, things like that, but it's not too, too bad, but there are some renovations. Now the building itself, um, is not exactly a historical as as far as like Cincinnati uh, documented to be a historical building, but there is a plaque outside on the street that says Herzog Music Studio. And it tells the year and who Hank Williams came through there. So that's the piece of history that it has outside on the street that they did. That's so neat. Could you give us a little background on on you? Like, how did you get into this industry? You know, kind of your origin story. Why why the event industry? Uh, and how did you land in, in Ohio? Okay, so well, that's a lot of loaded questions in there. That's so a lot see. of questions, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, though. So we'll go back to why am I here. Um, so I used to work for a company called Temple Casuals way back in the day, telling my age right now. 
But um, I used to be one of their training store managers, and I would go different places and train their stores, at trouble stores, and things like that. And I ended up working here on a job site. Well, I met my husband. And so, you know, a, a, a kiss came to, I love you, I love you, I want to marry you. And that was just it for here to stay with me. I didn't leave anymore. So um, being here, um, I've always had that entrepreneur type of uh, personality. And I love entertainment. I love the singing, poetry, everything you can name of. Now, I can't do any of it. I can't sing, barely can dance. But I can picture art and see art as I see it. So I, I can put things together. And that's one of my talents. I can bring things together just by looking at it and put things together. So I, I started a company called Girlfriends Networking Group. And in this company, I would just bring people together and have like different types of activities on the calendar. So if you were new in town, you didn't have friends like, like me because I'm not from here. Um, you would meet up with women and uh, like-minded women. We go uh, hiking, dinners. So that did it for eight years for free. So all these different types of uh, events. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. So then I went from that to doing like small little plays. <laughs> and then I started noticing that I would give venue owners all this money to rent their space out. So even selling my tickets for my event, you know, you make a little bit, but they're making the money with me purchasing their space uh, to do my event. And you have to do the nicest of the spaces because you want people like that wow factor. So you pay a little bit more money than, you know, uh, to have your event. So I said, well, you know what? This can't be that hard. I need to go get my own venue. <laughs> So I started looking for a venue and um, mine is not going to be a fairy tale. I got turned down five times. <laughs> and, you know, when you go to try to rent a venue and then the owner says, no, I don't want that here in this area. And in Cincinnati, we have different kinds of little suburbs. And I didn't realize that some of the suburbs are so conservative. They don't want venues, wedding venues, party venues. The, the first thing out of their mind is that you're going to have all kind of parties all night and, and they don't want you there. So I was turned out like four or five times until I said, let me try downtown because I never thought I could afford downtown. Downtown is expensive. It's nice down there. I just never thought I could afford down there. So when this landlord said, hey, your idea is amazing. So let's do it. I'm going like, really? <laughs> is this a joke? So he let me rent this space out. And then I told my vision on how I wanted to change it. And one of the things was I would use my own money to change it. And uh, I did. That's so cool. You know, Inga, I'm I'm really thankful that you you told us that you got turned down five times because... I think a lot of times there's this idea in people's minds that, you know, you're going to go out and you're not going to really be met with resistance. Or if you do get met with resistance, it's just going to be a little bit, right? Yes, you're just going to yes. hit a couple of obstacles. But you went through four times of someone saying no for you to get that final yes to yes. get that access to, to where you are right now. I, that's, just, I just need one yes. Just one. That's all I need. One yes. <laughs> and that's in, that's inspiring. So if someone's listening to this or watching this and they're like, they're on their third 
you know, your advice to them is, is you got two more, <laughs> right? Yeah. We know what they, but those no's saved me. When I tell, when I say they saved me, they really saved me. Let me tell you why they saved me. If I would have went out to a suburb out near, well, you don't know the areas. It's called uh, Sharonville. They're so conservative. They would have been shutting me down. They wouldn't, they, they, the, the people around me would have been complaining about cars, about whatever. So I'm blessed that I got those four no's because, the, you know, those wasn't the areas for me. I'm right where I'm supposed to be, downtown. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. So I'm excited about this. So thank you, people, for those no's. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Give us a, a sense of the time that it took from kind of that first idea where you were like, hey, I, I'm going to do this venue thing, you know, and you started looking to when you actually found that landlord, like what was the time period of the five no's? One year. Four, four no's, one yes. Yeah, one year, one year, four no's, one year. Okay. Yeah, I looked, I looked steady for one year. And um, of course, you know, but um, what, I, what I would do, and I would tell people that are looking to not get discouraged, is um, I would watch podcasts like yours, read lots of books. Um, uh, why I'm waiting for that yes, I would just try to educate myself um, of the accountant space of it, you know, the architect, you know, just try to figure out how people are doing it. I would ask um, other people, can I come see their venue? They if I can even pay them for a consultation at their venue. Of course, I said, some people said no. And some, some said yes, you know, and but show me around, you know, and some, some of them took, you know, a gift card. Some of them said, no, I don't want anything from you. But I spent that whole year reading and uh, researching and trying to figure out what exactly makes a great venue. You know what I mean? What are the mistakes that other people made so that um, I, uh, I identify the mistake when it's coming, you know, but not saying that I have not made some mistakes, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get that in this conversation <laughs> because I don't want people to think it's all bubblegum to lollipop because it's not. But my experiences right now, I'm, I'm on a ride and I, I love the ride that I'm on. That's important. I think loving the journey is yes. is important and and not thinking that the journey is necessarily going to be fun like if you normalize right. a bit of the struggle and then you're there for the struggle then all of a sudden like the highs are awesome and the lows yes. you're kind of planning on them already so you right, don't right. you know you don't have to be as hit as hard or emotional those are lessons i'm learning right now you know in mm -hmm. in our business so um that's really cool tell me where you're at now like present day you know, end end of March is when we're recording this. It'll probably be released, you know, sometime maybe end of April, um, within April. Where is the venue now? If we were to go there, you know, right now, where where um what stage of the process, I guess, is it at? Okay, so I <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way that I can put this so it won't come off so crazy. <laughs> Go crazy. We're we're good with we're good with crazy. Okay, then I'm, I'm gonna tell your audience another one of my mistakes I made. So um I uh tried to hire a contractor uh, for my business. I mean I can do some things, but it's just best to have a professional do those types of things. 
So I've already had the architect. I already knew what I wanted. I, had, I got my own permit, work, my business work, work permits and all that stuff through my architect. So all the general contractor had to do is come in and just put his name on the work permit and look at the designs and do the work. I picked a company that um, I've seen on Facebook, a guy that was always like, hi, look at me. I'm a million dollar company. Hi, look at me. Look at our new stuff. I'm building, girl, I'm building gas stations. I'm like, wow. So I reached out to talk to him and everything. And um, he seemed amazing. I Googled, I, I did Google his name and nothing came up. So I thought, okay, he must have, he must do good business. Well, I, a lot of money later on, uh, no work. He abandoned the job. So I hired a contractor that damaged the building and did a poor job. And left the job for 18 days. (laughs) Oh, no. Yes, I did. I did. So, you know, the thing about it is um, it's a learning experience. Yeah. Because when you're when you have this type of money that you're trying to get your building, I know you're excited because I was excited by my building, but everybody's not going to have that same heart that you do and just want to do the work. You know, there's some people out there will scam you. And I happened to be one of the people who got scammed. But um, what I did was um, I found another contractor through my uh, design engineer, which I should have went with him in the first place. And he's been on the job for, to ask the day, it was the 31st of March right now, uh, three days. And Jonathan, he's almost like halfway through the project. So, yes. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. So he's got all the work um, done. There's a few more things we need to do for the city to to make sure that we comply. And um, I think that we'll probably be trying to show uh, um, tours April like 20th or so. So um, I'm just really blessed that I found somebody, well, my my architect, thank you, Edward, found somebody for me to do the project and um, I'll handle the other guy later on, but I'm just wanting to get it done. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and that's what, that's the road I am. So I would say that um, if you are out there trying to get your business and you are using contractors, um, a couple of different things that I did not do that you should definitely do is go to your city's um, uh, website and punch in their name and see if any court cases come up. I did not do that. And when my attorney did it, five came up. Or was it, it was, it was no, it was one that's, that's being sued and some of the complaints or whatever. I, I didn't look and see uh, what they were, but I would tell people when, it, when hiring contractors to make sure you do your due diligence and research them too, because you're giving them a lot of money. You don't mm-hmm. want ha- what happened to me happened to you. Yeah. So you, some advice there, and this is huge. I mean, this is so valuable. Someone who's going to be listening to this and in the before stages where you were at is going to be able to learn from this. So do, would you say, so once you found that person, if you, you know, you got an ad online or whatever, then you said, go and, and work with your local state or your local, like, yeah, you government? want to go to your, your, you want to go to your government and then you go to the court site. I think it's called here clerk of clerk court clerk of court. 
and you punch their name in and see if anything comes up on their name. I don't care if it's a speeding ticket, parking ticket, or dispute. See what comes up on their name. I, I didn't do that. And um, my, my, when I had my attorney, he, he said, yeah, these, these come up. You know, and um, in, in our conversation, when I was saying, hey, you know, you, you, the job you did was not right. You know, just give me a portion. You did the demo. Just give me a portion of the money back. He says to me, he says, huh, whatever you do, it's going to get thrown out of court. I'm like, oh, my God, you've done this before. <laughs> That's why I thought, oh, my God, you did this before. Oh, I said, man. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so, wow. Yes. So I just realized that he's done that before. Yeah. So So in addition to that, because I think you're, you're a hundred percent, right. It's we're we get really excited about our projects, whatever they are. And honestly, Inga, this can happen in marketing. This can happen with websites. This can happen with social media. I, you know, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've given someone money, even for like Facebook ads is the most recent thing for me, where you give someone, you know, the deposit or whatever, they only take a three month, you know, thing in advance for the ads. And then you're like, what's, what's happening? Oh, well, and just nothing, (laughs) nothing happens. And you're out a couple thousand dollars, you know? So are there other things that you feel like maybe you could have done to detect some of these warning signs early on other than, you know, going through the court system or asking your attorney? Yes. So these are just, and I'm not a professional when it comes to attorney. I am not an attorney. I'm giving my experiences for your audience. This is just my experiences. And these are the things that I would do. Now I'm doing is one to research that person's name, go on their Facebook page and see if they're posting. Two is to go to the clerk of courts or your, your county's uh, uh, website and pull their name, punch it in there. And you want to know about speed tickets. You want to know about everything about them when it comes to that before you give them, them a lot of money. And secondly, ask them for references, three references of jobs they did, because I didn't do that. I didn't ask him for have you done this before? You know, I just went by, he's a friend from Facebook. And I went by that, ask for references and call those references. I mean, that's, that's what I would do. That, 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 that was something that I learned um, doing this. So I made a big mistake and it's a costly mistake for me, but you know. It'll, well, it'll be worth it in the end. It sounds like you have now an amazing contractor who's pushing right through the projects and something you said there too reminded me of a lesson I've learned, which is when hiring contractors, I feel like you want to get referrals from people that you trust, vendors that you already trust in your network. You know, like yeah, you went to your attorney. Yeah, right. Like you went to your attorney, you went to your your designer, you already knew your architect, you already knew you liked your architect, you already knew you liked your your attorney. Then and that's how you got connected with this good guy. Sometimes I know my temptation is you see an ad or you see something on social media, or you even just do your own research and whoever's paying the most for the marketing, that pops up, right? Yeah. So so you look at that. And uh, you know, I don't I don't know what your current contractor is doing, but you know, he may not have the, the social presence as that other guy, but he's doing a better job. So, yeah, and I agree with you with that. So, and that's one thing that I, you get into the glitz and glam of how things we, we're marketers. We, we market, we, we, we supposed to make things look good. Yeah. And we supposed to make things look easy, but there's no easy way 
through anything that you want to have. There's no easy way. Yeah. There's smiles and giggles, but there's no easy way. You got to do the due diligence and study and research things. So I think that um, going forward, um, I will continue to research anything that I do. Even like um, I was called a couple of times by a, is it Wedding Wire? They're different yeah. companies. They're not. Wedding Wire, they're not. And, yeah, Wedding Pro. Yeah, Wedding Pro, yes. And um, for me, because I'm a startup business, um, uh, that wasn't, it's not viable for me right now to do that, that broad uh, of marketing, you know, because I don't have the, the funds for it right now. But there's other ways that, you know, um, you can do it. And one is um, there's less uh, expensive things, like the Facebook ads and Instagram. And then um, event uh, detectives wasn't too bad either, as far as that's concerned. Yeah, so I did research that, that type of thing as far as um, marketing. And then, of, of course, getting your um, SEO together on your website. And I, I must say that I use a lot of AI. Love it. <laughs> That's so cool to hear. I use a lot of AI. You know, just, just it's so funny how you could put a little paragraph in there and they just change the whole paragraph to something. I'm like, wow, I, I should have thought of that. <laughs> totally. It's amazing. I love it. AI is having such an incredible impact on our space right now. I think it's making, yes. you know, copywriting better and easier. Yes. It, yes. Yeah, it's it's letting us focus on running our businesses instead of, you know, sometimes you sit there in front of a blank page and you're just like, you yeah. know, writer's block. Yeah. Crazy. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So I have a question then moving, kind of shifting over to the marketing side of things. You're, you know, let's say a month out from doing tours and that's really, really exciting. What marketing efforts have you done up till now uh, to kind of help start getting your name out there and start maybe getting some of that momentum started so that when you get to the place where you're doing tours and selling that you're ready to go? So um, I am, I started a year ago. So I've got all my handles on social media. I've been had those for a very long time now, since you know, a year or so. Um, but I've already started entering into Zolo and Event Detective, and I started entering my thing. So I have the render in there. Um, my husband did the rendering for me, and I have that in there right now. And actually, I'm already getting calls, and, and I've, I've got five tours booked already for the 16th already. So um, I have not went full speed ahead on the booking. I know that they say you should book and get the get the deposit, but I'd rather at least have my floors in before I start, you know, saying, hey, come look at the place, you know. Um, it's just not viewing acceptable for me right now. But my goal is uh, once the floors get in, the other things can wait because it looks beautiful already. I'll start doing more tours and I'll start doing the uh, the booking. So I'm just using the, the normal ones, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Event Detective. Zolo and things like that. Is it Zola or Zola? Zola. Z Zola. Zola. I think Zola. Zola. Yeah. It's, yeah. That. Yeah. Um, event. I know we've looked at Eventective, Zola. We've used Wedding Wire in the Knot before. Some properties we do. Some properties we don't. It's really tough. It's a mixed bag with with the quality of the leads. But I I totally agree with you. Spending your time on SEO and some of those other mm -hmm. things. 
versus spending the money kind of in the early stages when maybe you don't have the cash yet. But then, yeah, as soon as you get some of those deposits, reinvesting that back in makes yeah, so much yeah. sense. I'm looking for um, <clears throat> Google, Google ads. I have not done it. I'm still, re- I don't understand that well yet. Google ads. Um, so you need to do a, a podcast on that Google ads. Cause I would love to figure out how to do this. Cause it's kind of like, um, it's, it's using SEO, but I don't know how you, they rank. I'm, I'm kind of confused about that. So I need to take a more classes on Google. Because totally. I think Google would be the best way of doing it also too. You know? Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, 100%. I'd, I'd love to do that. I actually just did a, a uh, podcast on SEO and we really dove deep into a lot of SEO topics. But I think hey. I think it is time for a Google ads. Yeah, that would be really great. I mean, it's a great search engine. I use it all the time. Cool. Cool. Well, we'll do it. So I want to ask about operations. You know, I know you are not there yet, but what are you thinking in terms of packages, how you're going to execute the weddings? You know, are you getting started thinking about hiring people? Are you going to be doing it yourself? Give me a, give me a perspective on that. Okay. So the packages are already on the website and um, they're just basic packages, non-wedding and wedding days versus non, um, just regular private events versus Sundays. So I have the packages already up. I've thought them out already. Um, right now, my venue is going to be a book and you get your own planner. You, uh, uh, you hire your own caterer. I will have a few uh, uh, referrals on there, that I, ones that I trust or whatever. Um, but eventually, I would like to get into the decorating part of it. You know, but I'm just not there yet. I, I bought a lot of stuff for decorating <laughs> and I'm going to learn. But, you know, I, I, I want to focus on just getting my venue um, rented first and then just having that planner just, you know, use their imagination to do whatever they want with the canvas of it. Have you thought about how many hours you're going to be including in the rental and like any yeah, idea around yeah. pricing? Yes, I have. Um, so what I did was... Um, I guess I'm a researcher. So I went in my area downtown and see what all the other event venue, wedding venues were doing. So we're, we're across the street from a place called the Phoenix. Huge, beautiful wedding venue. It's, I mean, everybody goes there to get, get married that has money. <laughs> so we're right, at, we're right across the street from them. So I um, really uh, quick. did my... I have a question about that. Did that scare you or did that, was that for you when you were looking at the building, knowing that that place was right next door and you just said everywhere, anyone with money, that's where they're going. Are you, were you like, were you nervous at all getting a space that was so close or did you view that as an advantage somehow? Tell me how, tell me your thoughts on that. So I viewed it as an advantage because the way my building is made so pretty, the front of it is all windows. You look just right into the building. Um, it is it's only thirty five hundred square feet versus they probably about maybe you know twelve thousand square feet. But if you're having a dinner, you 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 want something smaller. I I can be that. You want a small ceremony, and everybody has two hundred friends. Yeah. You know, I can help you. I have a hundred. You know, I I can help you with that. So I my thought was that. Not everyone has 200 friends. Not everyone wants a huge wedding and pay that, that kind of money. You know, so if I get some of their runoff, 
I'm okay with it. <laughs> so that's how I, I feel it, you know, feel like it because not everybody wants to spend that type of money. So um, I am a, 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 a service where you rent the facility and then you bring your, your people mm-hmm. and you guys just make it what you want. Yeah, so it, so sounds, it sounds like what you're doing is you're capitalizing on the fact that there's already tours come into that area. There's already people coming to the area. Yes. There's already people who are used to thinking about that location for right. weddings. Now you just are giving a little, another option, you know, and people like options. Right. So it's like, right. if they're going right. to come in flying to town, maybe even have, you know, their, their family or their, you know, maid of honor, whoever help them pick out their venue, their tour in one, why not tour your spot as well? I love that. Mm-hmm. That's a great, that's a wonderful yeah. way to think about it. You know, and also so Cincinnati downtown is the entertainment district of, of the city. I mean, everybody comes downtown for just walks and, you know, we have to park down the street. It's, it's really coming up really nicely down there. So I'm in the heart of everything. So, it, it, you know, you only have one Saturday on the 15th on, on, on a Saturday. So not everybody can book that. So, I mean, if you have two, three wedding venues down there, I mean, each one get one. That kind yeah. of thing. So no, I was not scared. I was I I've been excited ever since I laid eyes on this place. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Okay, so keep keep going. You're at. Um, you were telling us about pricing. You were talking about the hourly rent, uh, hourly time period that people get it. It's blank canvas. You said where people bring in all their own stuff. Are you going to have a base set of tables and chairs? Uh, for I do them? have those already. Yeah. <laughs> so um. What I did was, um, <clears throat> I um, there's a lot of stores that were closing up. Um, Bed Bath and Beyond was one of them. So, um, like I said, I'm a researcher. I would go through different places that were closing up, and then I would go mm-hmm. buy their stuff. So I bought tables, chairs. I mean, just lots of stuff for it at a discounted rate. They are used, but you know, it's until I get started. But they're the basic things. You have tablecloth to cover them, and um, I use um, Facebook Marketplace. Um, there is sometimes they have weddings, and some of the wedding people that buy nice, beautiful tablecloths that they don't use or don't want, they'll sell them for a discounted rate, and I bought those too. So, yeah, so it's a get, getting the inventory, the chairs, and that was really easy for me. I just kept looking for stuff. Totally, the the stuff that you can find on Facebook Marketplace and offer up are incredible. I mean, I always tell couples that we're touring at our properties, you know, if we don't offer linens or we don't Mm -hmm. offer, you know, some item of decor that they mention, I'm like, go on Facebook marketplace, check out some of those bridal groups because yeah, you get someone who gets married, they buy 150 chargers, you know, they break four Uh of them. They don't, they're Uh like, yeah, they sit in the garage somewhere for four years. (laughs) Yeah, exactly what I did. Yeah. (laughs) I, I love that. And then that's something that's a value add for for your space. That's cool. Yes. It, talk to me about pricing. Like, how did you think through pricing? I know, you know, you might go through an adjustment period as you're open and you kind of see the market right. and, and what it can bear and people's reaction. But do you have a, a sense of what your current pricing is? Yes, I do. Um, so what I did was um, I took six venues downtown and lined them up with their pricing on a spreadsheet. And um, I went off uh, everybody as the average and took that figure and put it into my my um, my booking. So um, the same venue with the same kind of square feet, 
if they had a bridal suite, they had a kitchenette, if they have upstairs and downstairs, um, I would put that into my spreadsheet and come up with prices for everything. And like you said, you'll go through a, a, a uh, adjustment period, you know, of what you think that may be. But so far, all the other venues in my area are doing the, having the same type of price. Got it. Got it. So you're going to kind of go stay in line with that um, until you assess like what do your clients, the clients who are really going to be booking your space want? Yeah. So one day you had a lady that came on um, your show and she was, and she, she really hit home with me when she said this, don't go back and, and lower your price because you think you're not worth that, that type of money, you know, set your price and then see what happens. Not everybody's your customer. Like yeah. she's right. <laughs> she's right. Yeah. So I set the price and I'm going to see, you know, what happens, but I'm offering them a unique uh, contemporary style of building. You know, uh, um, it's going to be fabulous looking. So I'm thinking that I'm in the right ballpark when it comes to pricing. Very cool. Very cool. You know, <clears throat> it's interesting with pricing. Um, I I think eventually we'll probably try to put some sort of cool pricing calculator together that helps. But a lot of the way that we've done our pricing at the five venues that we have now has been almost a gut feel based on the reactions of the tours. So we'll do what you did, right? We kind of set our our base pricing based on what we feel like the venue. And we get close, you know, you get close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then, I mean, I remember even last week, even today, I mean, I've got three tours at this new property that I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be driving up and I'm going to be doing some selling because we're still hiring the sales manager, you know? Uh -huh. And I got at last, it was like two weeks ago, we had set the pricing and I got three tours in a row that instantly booked pretty much. They were like, uh -huh. oh, wow, incredible price. For the fourth tour, I raised the price by five hundred dollars, just out of out of the air because I knew that this was like people were willing to pay for it, right? Yeah, yeah. People had no problem with that five hundred dollar increase. So then we went back and we changed it for anything moving forward. Obviously, the people who already booked it, you know, we're not messing with that. But yeah, right. there were some other things I did. I went back and looked at the the hours that we were including, and I realized people need an hour or two more. Like yeah. everyone was adding on pricing or adding on hours and I hate charging people extra fees. So I was like, we got to adjust the hours up. We're going to adjust the price up a little bit, but like you're fluid, you're, you know, you're fluctuating with the market. You're understanding what your clients need. Um, and I think that's, that's really important. And that sounds like what you're doing, right? You've set your price, but then as soon as you get those. Yeah, tools, and, but, but my, my price is a copycat though. Cause I've, I've just copied off of what everyone else is doing in that area there that are around the area that I am uh, in. So I'm going by what they're um, they forecast in their business. So I'm hoping that that'd be the same for mine, but it's, it's funny that you said a minute ago, you said that you would go on people's feelings on when it came to the venue. So before this, Stuff happened with my contractor. I um, interviewed three people that were contractors, and when they walked in the building, each of them were like, "Wow, this is nice. You're gonna do really well." So that was one of my kids. Like, oh, okay, this is really nice. <laughs> so you're right. You go by what people think when they first walk into the building, and the building was messy because of the work still needed to be done. It still was saying how nice it was. 
That's huge. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, and the strategy that we use doesn't always work in every scenario. You're in a more kind of urban environment, which is huge. Like that's, that's such a cool uh, opportunity because you have people who are already in the space. A lot of the venues we currently yeah. manage are in either suburban or even more rural areas where, you know, mm-hmm. people are coming only for that event. Whereas like, like you mm-hmm. said, people are going downtown for walks you know, there are the parks, there are the bars, the entertainment, all that sort of stuff. So very, yeah, but you know, but what, what I like about your venues, the, the suburban kind of off to the side, it's really private. You know, we, you, when you're in a city, you, it's not that private. You can hear music <laughs> down the street, but with yours, it's just them. So, you know, it's, it's a talk, but it, I guess it depends on what the uh, client wants. Exactly. You know what I mean? If they want the city hustle and bustle or they want the quietness, you know, but I think, uh, um, me, I'm a city girl, so I think I like the, the, the city stuff, but I live in the suburbs. <laughs> well, like you said, you know, you got to find your client and I think you're going to, I think you're going to yeah. find that. Inga, I have two more questions for you just about kind of more operational stuff. You know, what are you doing in terms yeah. of insurance? Are you asking your couples to get day of event insurance? Okay. So, um, I've, I've already got my personal business insurance already. I got that before construction. Sorry, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I've already got that. But um, each client has to have their own insurance. I have a link uh, of an insurance company. They can use it or not, but they have to have their own insurance. Some people say, well, we got house insurance. As long as the, the house insurance writes in that one day insurance for the venue, I'm okay with that. Mm. But yeah, they have to have the insurance for their event. Got it. And got we it. don't have a liquor license. So they have to have that you know, serving uh, license also too to, to, to get that done. But um, they're allowed to bring in the uh, alcohol. And then um, I work with the, uh, one of the uh, schools down here that has a bartending school and they will serve. So they can't serve themselves. I have to have the school serve them. Very cool. I was, you literally read my mind. I was going to ask you about food and beverage next. Like, is that something you're partnering with someone for, or are you, so with, with the alcohol side of things, it sounds like the guest, so the couple could bring in their own alcohol, as long as it was served by someone who was like a legit bartender. Is that correct? Yes. And they could, as long as the people have, uh, they have insurance and papers that they are pro-serve and all that stuff. I'm okay with that, but they have to show that has to be displayed. But if they say, oh, I don't want to do that, you you get it for us. And then uh, tell them the fee. It's, not, it's a very small fee. And then um, they would bring the liquor in a day before. They would give it to the, the, the bartender. And then they can't have any type of liquor outside that bar area, you know, and it, everything's free. So they have to give it away. How you you said you're you know doing a lot of research about some of the other venues that venue across the street the Phoenix are other venues in the in the Cincinnati Ohio area are they doing all inclusive or is it more blank canvas where people are bringing in their own stuff? Both. So there are some venues in downtown Cincinnati that do all inclusive food and drinks everything they have everything and and there are some like me so I'm gonna say half and half. Um, I noticed. Um, it's kind of hard to get a liquor license in downtown Cincinnati. Um, but eventually I, I may look into getting it. If, you know, if, if this place blows up, like I think it's going to blow up, maybe later on, I may think about getting a liquor license. 
But uh, right now I'm just going to do the deal, you know, deal, bring your own liquor, booze rather. So that um, it is easier um, that way for private events. Awesome. Awesome. Inga, well, thanks so much for coming on the show and just kind of sharing with us your, Thank you for having me. your experiences, you know, some of the, the difficulties that you've been through. I think honestly, that's inspiring, <laughs> right? Like we get to learn from you and, and you know, you're the, the, opportunities that you've had to to grow and learn are going to be those things that other people take with them. So that's huge. I, I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. If if someone is either curious about the space itself, so they, they want to check the space out, you know, they want to go for a tour, maybe even book an event there, or they just want to connect with you personally, maybe ask you some more details about some of those questions and some of those experiences right. you had, uh, where, where can they connect with you at? Well, the website, um, you can go in there and hit contest on the website, epiceventgallery.com. And then in, click the form and it goes right to me. I can see that way. The phone number is on there. So also too, you can call me. Cool. Awesome. And then oh, and I, I and Facebook too. All under Epic Event Singular Gallery. Gallery.com. Yeah. Epic event gallery. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, Inga, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate your time and I'm excited to, to see your progress, you know, as you open here and it sounds like you're going to, uh, you got a lot of success coming your way. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. For I'm going gonna, gonna to send you pictures of how it looks once it gets going. I'm going to show you pictures of it. Do I'll it. Also show you the pictures behind the scene on what it looked like. <laughs> yes. I did to it. So you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> show me well, i want to see having me yeah i, I want to see and maybe even we have you on in a year you know after after you've really got the ball rolling and it's like we were here now we're here we've made all this progress we're here. <laughs> awesome right right cool cool all right inga thank you okay. so much have a have a wonderful rest of your day all right thank you so much for having me bye Hey there, thanks so much for listening. If you are a return listener, could you do me a huge favor and consider rating and reviewing the show? We don't run ads, we're not really looking to do that, but we do wanna grow the show. And so my ask to you is you take a moment or two and rate the show wherever you're listening to it, whether that is Apple Music, Spotify, uh, even if you're on you know, YouTube, I'd love, to, I'd love to hear from you. Please shoot me a DM though on Instagram so that I can thank you personally and I'd love to shout you out as well. I appreciate you more than you can imagine. All right, back to the show.